Hello, thank you for tuning into the Data Gang Podcast, the official podcast of datagang.com. My name is Micycle the Bicycle, and I'd like to introduce our Chief Data Officer, Sensei Juni. Alright, thanks Mike for sending in the viewer submitted intro for the Theta Gang Podcast. I appreciate you. Um, today is April 11th uh, and welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. And uh, yeah, I'm Juni. Um, these are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. Uh, I have stock positions in Boeing, NVIDIA, and ARC-F. For earnings this week, um, there's going to be a major emphasis on banks. So up until Wednesday before open, you have J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, and Goldman Sachs reporting. Also before Wednesday open, you have Bed Bath and Beyond, Love Sack, and First Republic Bank. Um, and then before open on Thursday, you have TSMC and Bank of America, as well as Rite Aid, City, BlackRock. Delta and PepsiCo. Um, and then on Friday before open, you have Morgan Stanley and Ally Bank. Uh, as far as earnings go, uh, just looking over the tickers that are uh, reporting, uh, I don't have much opinion on any of them. Uh, just, of course, be careful because these are earnings. Um, but more importantly, I guess one of the things that haven't brought it that have been brought up in the uh, previous episodes is if you are planning to say for example play earnings on Bank of America you probably don't want to open Bank of America calls or puts whatever this direction you're deciding to open uh, until Wells Fargo Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase all report on Wednesday there's no reason for you to suscept yourself to movements of other companies in the same sector that are reporting before you so if you're going to gamble, you should take the best gamble possible, and that's with the most info as possible. And that means if you were planning to play Bank of America, you would wait till Wednesday afternoon. If you were trying to play Ally Bank or Morgan Stanley, you would wait until Thursday afternoon. Um, but of course, earnings are very binary, and that's why they're very dangerous, but that's also why they're fun. Um, and this is just one of these little tidbits that I've learned over, you know, the years that I've been trading options that has helped me in the past. Moving on to the new ThetaGang.com website updates, V2 is officially done. Uh, just needs to go through some testing and some bug fixes that arise from testing, but the chunk of the work, the major chunk of the work is completed, and I'm very excited, and I can give everybody a confident one week or less release date from today. Um, you guys and girls are going to love it. The website is going to feel so much faster. It might take a get, it might take a little while to get used to just because some things have changed locations and just getting to... Um, you know, some of the old features before, like those UX paths or those user experience paths have changed just a little bit, but there will be release notes for when it's released and that'll pop up into a modal 
but I'm sure like most people will close it like right when it opens because they think it's like some like oh let me accept your cookies or let me uh, have you like sign this uh, let me have you sign up or sign up and download this app nah I'm keeping the modals very uh, rare like I'm not gonna just spam you with modals but if you do see a modal ever pop on the website uh, I'm deeming it important enough to show like it's not just an excuse for me to put whatever I want in there it's just information that I think is really important to make sure you have the best experience possible so v2 is done just needs to go through some testing and they will be released within a week Okay, um, today we're going to be talking about one of the sides of uh, Theta Gang that doesn't get talked about all too often. Um, so, you know, when you start learning about Theta Gang strategies, you learn about the wheel, you learn about just selling options in general, but you probably get started with the covered call. Like, it's like one of the most straightforward, um, least amount of risk uh, types of trades you can do when you're doing theta gang style trades um, and just to give a brief you know synopsis on what it is is it's when you own a hundred shares of you know not any stock but of a stock and you sell a call on those shares and you promise someone in the world that you will sell them those shares if those shares are above that price that strike price that you sold on that contract uh, by the expiry date. So imagine Apple trading at $100 right now. You have 100 shares of Apple and you decide, hey, you know what? I don't think Apple will go up 5% this week. And so you sell the Apple 105 uh, naked call. And this, and I guess in this case, it's a covered call. Um, and you get paid X amount, let's say, you know, you get paid $40 um, for that contract that you sold to someone. And if Apple is trading below 105 by expiration, uh, you don't have to sell your shares to that person uh, and you keep the $40. Now, let's say, for example, Apple, you know, trades at 105.50 by expiration you will have to have sold your 100 shares at 105, but you also get to keep the $40. So then you are at a net you know, loss, and I'm using air quotes very strongly here. You're at net loss, right? People like calling it a loss for some reason, but I don't, um, of $10, where you were missing out on $10 of gains because it traded at 105.50, but your break even on the 105 call that you sold for $40 was 105.40. Um, there's lots of videos on YouTube that give you visual representations of how a covered call works. Uh, I will eventually be making one of those videos one day, but for now there's plenty of resources online if you want to get a better gist of how covered calls work. What doesn't get talked about enough uh, about covered calls is when the price does exceed your strike price. Um, say for example, and we'll use the same Apple example, if Apple traded at like 106 or 107 or 108 
on the first day that you sold the contract and you're immediately read on the cover call, you're open to do a few things. Like you have a few paths that you could go down where if you've never thought about it beforehand, you can suscept yourself to be in scenarios that you can mess up. And by mess up, I mean you can say, for example, buy the contract back for a loss because you feel the FOMO and you think, oh, Apple already crossed 105. It, it's at 107 right now. It's going to go to 120. And so you buy back the covered call um, for a loss. You get to keep your shares guaranteed, but then the stock starts trading flat and you have already paid a premium on buying it back early and realizing a loss that you would, wouldn't have had if you had just not sold the covered call in the first place. Um, it's really important to explore these options and understand what your options are for when these events happen because after doing these trades for an entire year and then some, you can go to thetagame.com slash Juni where I like prove that I've done this for a whole year and it's public, it's all public. Um, your covered calls are read a lot of the time. I'd say my covered calls are read f like a good half of their lifetime. Uh, and for the majority of my covered calls, uh, just because I've, you know, I've also mentioned in previous podcast episodes that the market generally goes up. That's why you like that tweet or you upvote that comment that says stonks only go up. There is some truth in it. The, the stock market does go down sometimes. It does get scary sometimes. Yes. But like the majority of time, stocks do go up as much of a meme as it is. It's true. And so when you do this type of risk-free trade, right? Like with air quotes, um, your covered call is going to be read a lot of the time. And you have to have a plan for when it is read. You have to understand what your options are for your options, no pun intended, but you have to understand how to navigate these scenarios so you're not trading emotionally when you're in a rut. All right, so I've boiled it down to the three most likely scenarios uh, for what can happen when you're in a red covered call or a covered call that is losing. Uh, the first one being that you close for a loss and you keep your shares. Okay, so this is playing the example that we just had said previously about Apple, you know, going past your 105 strike, it chilling around 107, 108 midday, and you think the next day it's going to jump to 120. So you close the covered call for a loss to keep your shares 100%. There's no doubt about it. The only bad thing about this no oh, there's a few bad things but some one of the bad things about this uh strategy or this plan for where you close for a loss and keep your shares is especially if you're closing it early like say you just had the worst timing ever and you sold the cover call and it immediately jumps there is so much volatility premium and time premium still left in that covered call where you're buying it back with so much extrinsic value that it makes little to no sense to do that where you should probably stick to your commitment of selling it at safe you know with this example at 105 um, and just hope that either trades flat and some extrinsic value starts waning off or uh, it dips near the expiry date um, this is a little bit easier to solve for if you're closer to the expiry date where you know most or some you know at least more of the extrinsic value is gone 
Um, but if you just say, for example, sell a covered call today and then it moons tomorrow, you are putting yourself in a very non, um, what's it? It's like a non-efficient um, risk reward ratio. Uh, just because, again, you're paying an arm and a leg to buy it back because now there's so much volatility and extrinsic value baked into that contract price, right? You sold someone this contract when Apple was trading at like 100 bucks. Now it's trading at 107. That's like a 7% jump. And there are other people that think, hey, Apple will continue to go to 120. And those people are going to be paying top dollar for that chance to get that 105 call for um, whatever price because they're just as bullish. But that is also who you will be, uh, but just in a worse scenario because you're already short on that contract. So if you're in the beginning of your expiry or if it, you, know, you have a lot of days to expiration left, buying it back for a loss is not efficient like you you don't want to be doing that like over the course of your entire trading career like you don't want to make that part of your system there are times where it's okay where like you know something fundamental absolutely changes about the business or say for example apple cured cancer and the stock moons like 20 bucks higher yes you can you can close the apple cover call for a loss because Apple is now able to cure cancer or say Apple goes comes through a breakthrough and brings quantum computing into a laptop or something yes you could close that covered call but what I'm talking about when it's when I say dangerous it's like it's when you do a covered call on a company that's been trading relatively flat and then it it's just had like a, a better than average week you probably don't want to be closing those early because heck you can just you know have it expire have it get assigned and get back in and just do the covered call again you already love the company enough to be in that position why suscept yourself to close for a loss realizing for a loss and keeping your shares and suscept yourself to have the shares be trading flat or going down and then having the purchase of buying the contract back with more extrinsic value um, just not make sense anymore but i do want to say just one more time it does make more sense to close the covered call out for a loss to keep your shares when it's closer to the expiration date because by then there's less extrinsic value for you to have to pay to buy it back. So if you fundamentally believe that you know the shares will keep rising or you just don't want to pay the assignment fees, you don't want to pay some sort of commission, then that would be a much better time to act on it. But if you just have bad timing for that one time you sold a covered call and then it mooned the next day, there should be a little bit more thinking that you do when you evaluate like, hey, you know, am I okay with just selling at 105 if it's just gonna expire at the end of this week anyway? I could just buy back in and then weighing that option against like actually realizing a loss like right now and then having the trade or having the stock trade flat or down for the rest of the week. Point number two that you'll see yourself in is when you are in a red covered call, one of the choices you can do is just let it stay red and you can plan to hold till expiry like you originally did when you opened it because that's one of the points to a covered call and let it get assigned. There are a lot of benefits um, for letting it get assigned just due to the fact that you have time on your side, you have extrinsic value being 
wiped out near like on the last few days of expiry and just having time on your side in general is something that's uh, like unknown to the rest of you know most i'd say most option traders i think a lot of people are on the long side just buying puts and buying calls but if you have the knowledge to understand how you know option decay works it's a very powerful tool you can have like i'm not saying like oh you know we're selling lotto puts we're selling lotto calls to poor you wsb people because i i actually don't like saying those type of jokes because I was one of those WSB people, and sometimes I understand that like buying lotto calls and lotto puts is fun. It's not like a us versus them thing. It's just when when it gets down to it, if you have this bit of knowledge, if you're listening to this podcast or you're listening to other people's podcasts or you're listening or you're going on other people's YouTubes or uh, reading articles, you're doing a lot of this extra studying, you understand how powerful that you know having time work in your favor is. You understand that, like, as time passes, you have a better chance at winning, and you understand that, you know, in this sense of playing house, uh, you have better odds of winning. So having this as one of your root staples in a plan, where if you sell a covered call, and you one of the system points is to hold it till expiry every time, that'll get you a lot more used to executing the wheel. Like, there's no point in executing the wheel and then closing out the short contracts for a loss because you think, oh, this is going to keep dipping down, so I'm going to close out the cash-secured put, or this is going to keep mooning, so you close out the covered call. Get assigned, get used to the feeling of assignment, and then you will be much in a much better headspace when it comes to option fluctuation or option price fluctuation. A lot of newer people get very excited and they're very um, like eager to c- close out for a profit. Or more importantly, what I've been noticing is they're more uh, adverse to losses. They don't like losing. And it's one of the hardest barriers to overcome is that like you need to lose money to make money. But you know you can also warp that and then take that to Wall Street bets and say, oh, you could, you have to lose money to make money. And so you just buy all these lotto calls and everything and you justify it with that. But going back a few back, going back a few examples when I brought up, hey, if you know, if you understand all this knowledge and you're um, getting to know how option decay works, use it, use that knowledge and then use it to, you know, harden your thesis on just all these positions that you're opening yourself up to and get in those max loss scenarios get in those scenarios where you get assigned and then you get to try out the wheel right just pointing back to one of the games that i play uh, it's called escape from tarkov there's something called gear fear which is you know when you die you have this like uh you have this fear of losing all your guns and all your armor and this could be seen to almost like ladder anxiety on starcraft 2 or like ladder anxiety on league of legends or um you know dota where if you if you're so scared to play because you're afraid of losing, you're never going to get better because you need to lose to learn. And that's how you should treat your options portfolio in a responsible way, right? Keep it small. Keep it keep it in an environment for learning. Uh, I also have my gripes against paper trading. You guys and girls know that. But I'm saying if you keep your account small, you get used to losing, but you also get used to winning, right? I'm not saying you're only going to lose. 
you'll be in a much better headspace. And you know, letting your red cover calls stay red and get assigned is just one of those steps that can potentially help you out. If you're like just curious on like you know these, you're getting yourself in these scenarios where you say, oh, you know, this the wheel doesn't work because you know I closed out my uh, cash secured put because it all the fundamentals was pointing it down. And you know when I did finally buy a hundred shares again. Um, I sold a covered call and it instantly mooned, but this news article said it had to have gone down. The wheel doesn't work. It, it's just trying to guide. I'm just trying to guide you in the right direction. I'm not telling you you have to open cover calls or you have to sell puts. I'm just making sure that, you know, I'm telling you what worked for me. So in case if it inspires you just a little bit, like holding covered calls to expiry has worked out for me way more than closing them early. And I also have proof on that um, on thetagame.com slash junior. I've closed out um, uh, ARC F uh, covered calls early when I could have gone full premium on a lot of them. Um, way back in the day, I think I've sold covered calls on AMD. Um, that would have worked out really well, um, but you know, didn't because I closed them out early. I mean, not saying like I closed them out early, for a huge loss, but that's back when I was like testing, like, okay, can I do this sometimes? Uh, and I just figured like most of the times when I did it sometimes, I lost and it just didn't feel good. And it's like feeling good and you know, making the trades feel replicable is important to me. Um, and I hope you know more people can see trading that way is like, if you can't replicate a trade like a hundred times, then that's not really part of a system. It's more news-driven or emotion-driven, which is totally okay if you want to do that. Like, if you have a gut feeling and you trust your gut, I mean, sure. I mean, that's just not for me. But if you if you feel that way, by all means, you can trade like that. Um, and this last point is just a derivative of the second point that we just talked about, and it's letting it stay red and you plan to hold till expiry and get assigned, but it dips. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, um, but it does happen frequently enough that I wanted to bring it up. So like, let's say for example, Apple is trading at 100 bucks, you sell a covered call for 105 and it moons to 107. There are many times where I'll be in similar situations like this and like on the Thursday or Friday of the expiry week, uh, Apple will go down to like 104.50 and I'll keep the entire cover call premium. I would have lowered my break even by the optimal amount and I'm a happy camper because I get to keep my shares. I lowered my cost basis and the stock is still trading higher than I originally sold the cover call on. And that's like the triple winner, winner, chicken dinner type of trade, right? And that doesn't happen frequently but that gives just a little bit more motive for me to stay red on the covered call because holding on to a covered call that's red and having it close for green on the last day has to be one of the coolest feelings in the stock market ever. Because in the back of your head, you're kind of also thinking like, wow, the person that didn't close this trade out early just got wrecked. And the chances are it's usually a hedge fund that's like you know that bought this call from you right it's the the chances of a retail trader being the one that bought that from you is like kind of low 
because because hedge funds like you know <laughs> control basically the market but like i like pretending that it's someone like that's like super bullish on it and decided to hold till friday right like it, it, that's that's one of the coolest parts about you know options trading is that there's always someone on the other side most of the time it's a hedge fund but i like to pretend sometimes it's like someone that decides to hold it on the friday hoping for more gains and they get evaporated and i get to keep the premium it's almost like options stock market pvp um but it's just it's just a cool really cool feeling and it's a feeling that you only really get if you plan to hold to expiry sometimes and you plan to get assigned sometimes. But if you're constantly closing out your covered calls or your cash secured puts early because you're scared to lose more, right? Lose is you know very relative here because you're just only getting assigned in both of those scenarios. You're getting you're either selling stock or getting stock. Um, it's it's just one of those ways to learn. Get comfortable with losing, get comfortable with getting assigned. And then, you know, sometimes, some days or some weeks, you get the optimal um, outcome and where it dips at the end and it just feels super awesome. Um, that Those are just some of the tips that, you know, have helped me um, come to terms with covered calls. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I close out some covered calls early, like before a profit trigger sometimes. I'll still exit for a green, but before the profit trigger sometimes. Or um, I'll close out a covered call like early for red if it's like in the tens of dollars. Like if it's like $30 in the red and I think like, hey, this stock's been trading flat a little bit too long. I still do some of those gut feeling trades. And those again are all on thetagame.com slash Juni. But it's very much an exception. And if I understand that, hey, one of my covered clauses, uh, one of my covered calls is super blown through the water, I'm not gonna buy it back. Like I reserve the buying back the covered call for early on situations where I either feel super uncomfortable, like say for example GameStop where I'm at max profit already on a spread, I will close it out early even though like I can get like a few more hundred dollars on of premium. Or if it means like one of my NVIDIA covered calls, for example, I have a five, I have two NVIDIA 520 covered calls that are super deep in the money. They're, they are super red, but I'm not going to buy them back early because I'm sticking with my commitment. I think that's one of the coolest things that I can demonstrate right now is that I'm in one of these scenarios, right? I, I just totally forgot to mention it. So like if you go to thegain.com slash Juni, you're going to see three NVIDIA trades and they're all labeled patrons only. Two, one of them is a trade with two contracts at 520 covered call, and that will be revealed as soon as I close it, but my patrons can see it. Um, and I'm just going to let those shares get assigned. I've, I've made the profit that I'm happy with. I'm going to keep all the premium, and I'll get back into NVIDIA eventually. But I'm not going to full send NVIDIA right now in case if, you know, the, the best case scenario happens. Like, what if N- NVIDIA dip down to like 530 and i get to keep my 520 shares because i receive more than a thousand dollars in premium my break even is that 530 right i would be doing really well for this year i mean extremely well but i'm not counting on it it's just one of those scenarios that is just the max profit scenarios for me um otherwise i have my gains locked in my covered calls are red and my shares will eventually be sold for a profit and that's fine too it's just Sometimes taking time to retro, be, uh, not retro, <laughs> being introspective in how you trade is important. Um, 
you know, sometimes your friends might ask you, like, what's your favorite ways of trading? And some people's first reactions is just to start naming all of these, like, things that they might have just recently learned, but they don't understand, like, you know, there's a, there's this core part of everybody that just understands how them they themselves trade. And I know my set of rules. Everyone has their own set of rules, whether they know it or not. And, you know, this podcast is just one of those methods and figuring out like how you actually trade and just me explaining how I personally trade so that, you know, if someone asks how you trade, maybe you have better ways of communicating how you specifically trade. Anyway, uh, that about wraps up for uh, today's topic. Um, I thought today's topic was pretty good. Um, And uh, yeah, so we'll go and see what we talk about next week. Um, I think... That's it. Yeah. I'll go and see everybody next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys and girls in the intro. Outro. (laughs) Bye. Okay, thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, where I stream uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang, and you can email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with a Theta Gang referral is a huge help, and that's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. I want to give a specific and appreciated shout-out to my patrons, who are Majadir, Just Win, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZN, Can't Make Money, RRL, B Ride, DJ Mac 86, Boop 2865, Mitch Brady 7, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, McFly, Statistically Random, Tom Thomas, Drevy, Island Bell, We In, Soups Mojo, Na, Oda, Cheese, Maltman, 1856, Chai Vanis, NM, M Hayden, Lil, Mr. Sneezy, Menno Dum Dum, Grandpa 95, Gorlami Salami, Leo Jetson, Johnny Five, Fancy Wolf, Bisu, Engine, Meet the River, Descendant, Murph Q, Will Kai, Norfis, Viri, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Ober, Slava, Litvin, Maker, Ivan Yurkinov, Red Green Blue, Roadster 99, Dissentia, Saltwater Cure, Taco Tuesday, Options Test, Lord Skeletor, Rodovan1986, Laser Reservist, Suggester, Crispy Cream Boy, Hermes Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, and Ensis88. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the Twitch chat that is listening to me record this live, and that's arms, legs, hands, feet, COP9666, Droop Dog, Egan Taurus, Ice Cold Isaac, John Tran, Sammy6788, and Shinra808. No 1% stuff today. I'm just going to be going out and chilling with my mom in the living room, and uh, everyone have an amazing trading week. I appreciate um, you guys and girls for listening. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to start a podcast, this is your sign.